Welcome to the Reframed Podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara. Thank you for joining us. Last week, Christy Netto, the Missions Board Director for Framework, Pastor Jason Blakey and I started a conversation about missions in the church. They explained what missions are. Today, we continue that conversation as they explain the four pillars the Mission Board uses to make decisions about missions. So you mentioned four pillars. Tell me a little bit about that. That's part of what we did last year during COVID is developing these four pillars or these four like filters that we've been using to kind of make decisions. There are so many amazing ministries that we could partner with. And so we needed some way to like kind of focus us and help us make some of these decisions or like what are the goals and what are the things we want to see ministries doing to partner with. Pastor Jason, if you want to take sustainability. Yeah, sure. So when we came through the process, sustainability seemed to be one of the biggest things as personal passion of mine, having worked with nationals and worked in the missions field for so long. Sustainability really is the lasting impression of what you do in missions. Rather than going there and trying to do something that when you leave, it's done. You want to be able to go somewhere and create something that when you leave, it's going to continue and flourish. That often means that you're working yourself out of a job. In a church setting, it's the same idea. So as a church, what we're getting involved in needs to be in a way that when we leave, it can keep going. It's not dependent on our church. So if we need to switch fields or if God's calling us a different direction, say five years down the road, we could do that without leaving or abandoning a field that's now reliant on us. And so if we're giving money continuously, now they're relying on that money continuously. And then all of a sudden we stop we could hurt a field more than we've helped it in the past because now we started something, then we're stopping it. And rather we need to train them. If we really feel passionate about something and the field agrees, we need to work together with the field to create things that they're passionate about, that they raise up from the ground with leaders that's not reliant on us at all. And once we get it going, we can back away saying, this is now working. This is moving by itself. What else can we do? How can we support more in a different direction? And so that includes raising leaders. That includes building projects, that includes an orphanage, that includes whatever we're doing, they have to be self-sustaining by the time we are done that project. So we won't even enter a project without a plan to create something that's self-sustaining. The next one is dynamic partnership. I think I've really read a lot of books and I've done a lot of research and kind of seen this unhealthy side of missions where like there's kind of this savior complex and there's kind of this, the haves and the have nots. We're going to go and we're going to help these people who need help. And there's this kind of unequal dynamic of power. And in that breeds this really unhealthy cycle of pride that develops in the people that are helping and giving and the shame that develops in the people that are receiving versus like this healthy cycle of having this equal partnership and not this focus on like, I have things that I can give you, but really having this equal partnership And I think we've done that well in many ways where we've developed long-term relationships with different locations that we have partnered with. Eswatini is a great example. You know, we have long-term friendships and relationships there that show this equal partnership. And, you know, I, I always say like when I need prayer support, when I need encouragement, it's all my people at Eswatini that I reach out to. And they are the ones that pray for me and they are the ones that encourage me and they are the ones that up lift me. And so like, that's, you know, that example of this partnership and realize we're all different parts of the same body in Christ. And we all have different strengths. We don't have to be 
equal in all the same ways, but we all have different strengths and we can equally contribute to each other and recognizing that in the partnerships we have and striving for that. And a lot of that comes on our side of it too, like making sure we are engaging in a way that is respectful and uplifting others in the sense that they are capable to make decisions. We don't have to have that savior complex, but we need to enter into relationship in a healthy way in partnership. As Christy was just saying, with the leadership, our third thing is leadership development. We want to see that happen. And we can't do that if we're coming in with all the answers all the time. You know, if we're not looking at sustainability and partnership development and really a true partnership, we really can't have leaders because we're not allowing them to lead. We're trying to lead everything ourselves from over here, hoping that it's going to work over there. And then we're pouring in money and money to keep things going. When really what we need to do is just rely on the fact that God is working through people in all the countries. And then instead of saying, we're going to tell you what to do, we actually approach them as leaders and treat them like leaders and say, what is God calling you to do? We want to walk with you in that. And so we want to see leaders come out of this and we want to be able to invest in those leaders, develop those leaders. Sure. If we need to help someone go to college so that they can be a more dynamic leader, that might be something we invest in. But then we want to see those people multiply themselves even more because what happens is if you end up with one generation of a leader, when that person dies, there's nothing, everything then crumbles. But if you start seeing discipleships multiplied and leaders multiplied, then you end up with a flourishing country that is growing without the help of North Americans at all, because they'll figure out a way to raise money, to live, to do ministry in their own way without our ideas. It doesn't always have to be a North American version of church. They can figure out a new way to keep themselves going, to pay the pastors, to do missions that is beyond us. And probably That'll work there much better than any idea that I have. And so as raising up leaders and working with them in true partnership and equal partnership, you create the sustainability that we really want, you know, looking for. But those three things we're looking to have at least in commonality. The last one would be the transforming presence. And we've really said like, that's the heart and soul of what we're doing. Like we don't want to be just good humanitarians. I'm doing good humanitarian work. There's lots of other organizations that do that without Jesus being involved in it at all. We want to make sure that the heart and soul of why we're doing what we're doing is truly spreading the gospel. And a lot of times you can see Jesus and the Holy Spirit already moving in places and we can kind of just partner with what God is already doing because he's got this. And so to see the heart and soul be about Jesus, a lot of times there is a platform, there is a reason that you know, or a need being met. So sometimes it could be like English camps, or it could be, you know, an orphanage because there's children without a home to live in. So sometimes those things need to happen and we need to meet those needs, but recognizing that that's not the goal in and of itself. The ultimate goal is spreading the gospel and spreading the truth about Jesus and making sure that's the heart of what we're doing in missions. What else will you be speaking about throughout the remainder of the month? The 16th and the 17th is um, global ministries. So the, the international ministries that we're partnering with and giving like an update on those ones. The weekend of the 23rd and 24th, I'm actually really excited about. Pastor Dave Rowe is preaching that weekend, who is the director of Hub Coffee right now. But we're hoping to put together each part of the service to be led by someone we're partnering with. So our prayer will be someone that we're partnering with locally. We might have a scripture reading by someone we partner with overseas. So it should be a really fun service, kind of just almost put together by all of our partners for us. And then the last weekend in the month of October, the 
30th and 31st is where we're going to really focus on like, what can people do? How can you get involved? And so that weekend, we will announce the trips that we have planned for the following year, 2022, but also talking about prayer and giving financially or being involved locally. What are the options and what can you do to get involved and hopefully have people, you know, signing up and just being excited about that. And I think that another piece is just that idea of prayer. Like sometimes it's just like added on as a, oh, this is an extra thing you can do. But a lot of our partners really see prayer as the biggest thing we can do for them. They really value us praying for them because they know they can't do this in and of themselves. They need God and they need the Holy Spirit to come and intervene and do this and give them the strength. Prayer really is a huge thing that we can do for all of our partners. That's it for this week. Next week, we will have a full podcast where pastors Jason Blakey and Bud Fancy discuss Halloween. Pastor Debbie Rooney tells us about Big Top Bash and its new format. And we continue our series on missions with Christy and Jason as they explain why missions are so important to the church. That's it for now. Thank you for joining us.